Welcome to the Kiwi Wedding Podcast. Today on the podcast we have Rosita. She got married on Waiheke Island at the beautiful Tantalus Estate, one of my favourite spots on Waiheke. And she had the amazing Esme and Logan capture her day. And we're going to share a few photos on Instagram. So make sure you go and give us a follow at the Kiwi Wedding Podcast. She shared a lot of great advice on choosing what to invest in, prioritizing your spending and setting a budget when you have um, quite a bit of time leading up to your day. She had some great organizational hacks and just talked about planning a day that really reflects them and the people that they are. So much goodness in this episode and make sure you check out all their wonderful vendors. Enjoy episode 15 with Rosita. So hi Rosita, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yay. So to get started, if you could just tell me a little bit about you and your husband, how you guys met and yeah, your life together. Cool. So my partner and I, very cliche, office romance. Um, so we worked together, classic office job. He was that guy that just had like really good friends around him, a really good vibe. So obviously I want a bit of that. So I got to know him um, and we were friends for about three, four years until um, we took that next step. I was the one that made the first move and said, hey, look, I think I've got feelings for you. Um, it's okay if you don't too. Um, very quickly kind of learned that he had the same feelings. Um, and we had a lot in common as well, which was really cool, I think, just having the same hobbies. So we both love wine. Um, I think that sums us up as a couple. Um, so that's the biggest thing for him and I. Um, my husband and I, we love collecting wine. We love drinking wine together. We're not alcoholics, of course, but it's one of those things where we kind of bonded over wine um, and our love for it. So a bit about us is about kind of touring the regions, the wine regions of New Zealand. Um, COVID allowed us to do that since we couldn't go anywhere else. Um, and we're about to hit Barossa Valley next year. So I'm really excited to hit another wine region overseas for once um so yeah we kind of had that kind of office romance bonded over a friendship um and the rest is history really cool I love that I bet you have so many friends asking you for wine recommendations <laughs> oh absolutely it's <laughs> good to have a friend like you can you tell me a bit about your proposal story and how that all went down um so not so cliche in that sense um we actually had just a conversation um over dinner once and we were like what's our future um and he was like oh, I really want a family and I was like oh I would love a family and that's when I kind of realized that we were ready to take that next step we weren't just kind of like dating um but for me I was very traditional and I said look I want to be married before I have a family that's just something I've always had kind of like a belief or something that I always never wanted to compromise on um, and he's like, well, I want a family. And I said, well, I want to be married before I have a family. So you know what you need to do if you want to have a family with me. Um, so he's like, oh, it looks like we've got, we've got to get married then. Um, and at the same time, actually, he got a really good job promotion. So we kind of celebrated his promotion, um, surprised me with a dinner, um, kind of clouded it as, you know, well, let's go celebrate my great job. Um, and he proposed to me that same night um, at the Sugar Club. So beautiful views surrounding us, um, surprised me with the most beautiful ring um, that my dad had actually chosen. Um, so that was quite sweet, just having my dad involved. I'm a big daddy's girl, so that really meant the world to me. Um, but 
we're quite kind of the quiet type, I suppose. So at dinner, um, the waiter had come by and said, oh, are you guys celebrating anything? Um, and within seconds, both of us said no, um, because we didn't want the attention. We didn't want people to kind of look and stare. So we're like, no, no, we're just here for dinner. Um, and it was quite nice to be in that bubble together. Um, so we finished dinner, walked back to the car and just kind of, there's me kind of freaking out of my head, like, oh my goodness, I'm engaged. Um, and we kept it a secret as well for about three weeks to be able to kind of slowly tell our family and stuff like that. So we got to live in that little engagement bubble before we we told the world. So that was quite exciting too. Cool. I love that. And um, the Sugar Club is up the Sky Tower for anyone not from Auckland or familiar with that. So beautiful spot. And I love that you just kept it to yourself for a while. It's so um tempting to just like FaceTime everyone straight away or put it on social media but yeah actually just like having it for yourselves and enjoying it that's so cool definitely did you were you always one of those girls that dreamed of her wedding or um yeah did you have like a vision and style in mind that you wanted and yeah what were your first steps with starting to plan it and find a venue so I don't think I really kind of grew up dreaming of my wedding per se, but um, those who were close to me and my husband even said he felt like he was getting married to a wedding planner. Um, but I love planning events. Um, him and I love hosting. So we host our friends every Christmas, New Year's. Just give us a reason and we'll host. Um, so when it came to wedding planning, it was very much like he said, you know, just tell me how much I need to pay. Um, you can ask me questions, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Um and so from the get-go, we got engaged in, you know, June. Two weeks later, I had lined up a booking to look at Tantalus. Um, and he's like, what the heck are you doing? Like, we haven't got a date. And But I kind of had insight in terms of how crazy, you know, the wedding industry can be in terms of, you know, if you want a date in a particular venue. Um, so I said, look, just, just you know, if you love me, just go with it, you know. Um, and we immediately went to this venue um, for a viewing and they were completely booked out crazy for like you know the year ahead and then very quickly my husband um realized okay you weren't kidding you need to kind of get the ball rolling early um so I started I just went crazy basically just wrote down everything that I thought I needed in a wedding asked him some questions but also kind of having a vision in my head definitely like you know Pinterest and everything like that um the moment I got engaged uh, but I think it was one of those things where my husband, I don't think, understood or knew how expensive <laughs> a wedding can be when he asked to get married. So I wanted to get him around, like, you know, get him to understand that earlier on. So then I can get him on board to have the day that we both deserve. There's definitely a bit of education needed often yeah. <laughs> on the guy's side of things as well. And sure. I mean, usually you haven't planned a wedding before, so you don't know how much things are and then how long things take. Like if you want a Saturday in summer, then you almost need to get in like 18 months, two years in advance That's sometimes right. <laughs> for certain venues. So mm -hmm. yeah, how did you, um, had you gone to Tantalus before or um, yeah, had you always thought you'd want something on Waikiki Island? Funny enough, I kind of thought, oh, we'll just do something easy, you know, we're easygoing, um, but actually before we even got engaged, um, we had visited Tantalus once uh, with some really good friends of ours, just for a wine tasting, a day on Waiheke, um, and both of us in that moment said to each other, wouldn't it be nice to get married here one day? Um, and so, you know, you fast forward to the engagement, it was 
it was a no-brainer to where we would want to get married um, and I just kind of laughed and I said you know that day we were at Tantalus we had no idea we were going to be engaged um, within the next you know few months uh, so we always definitely wanted a winery because um, it spoke to who we were um, and I think our friends would be very stunned if we didn't get married at a winery um, and it was just a matter of where so we definitely considered you know your classic mud brick Tantalus um, Cable Bay but for us, Tantalus just had something special. Um, it was where we had really great memories. We also kind of thought, oh, this is quite different um, with kind of the history of Tantalus and its location. Um, and we thought, oh, it'd be really cool just to have, you know, a Waiheke wedding so our friends can have like a weekend away as well. Um, and thankfully, you know, going to Tantalus and having you know that first initial consult with them kind of really set it in stone for us quite early as well and my partner was just like yeah no nah, I don't want to consider anywhere else and I said cool I'm not going to argue if you're happy I'm happy so I didn't have to kind of convince them otherwise yeah make it an easy process it's such a beautiful <laughs> spot so I can uh, yeah understand how you just fall in love immediately when visiting there what were the most important elements for you was it like the dress the food photos yeah what were your kind of top priorities I think definitely the top elements were photos um because that's what you kind of have after the day um and I didn't want to look back and be like we have no photos or like oh we missed moments um so photos was definitely important for us um and then other elements was you know the venue itself so we want it to speak to us as a couple um but also the venue and what they can offer in terms of hospitality um so again we love hosting and so being able to go to an event, sorry, a venue that can offer the proper hospitality that we thought our guests deserved was really important for us. Somewhere where we could go, enjoy our time and not worry about our guests so much in terms of service. The food and drinks at Tantalus are paramount. Um, they are just unbelievable. Um, and so we knew that that would be kind of the, what we wanted our wedding to be known for in terms of the venue. Um, our guests would not have any issues with, you know, an open bar the entire night. Um, so those were probably like our top priorities. Um, and so everything else kind of just fell into place from there, I think, once we had that sorted. And um, who was your photographer and how did you find them? So our photographers, we had the amazing Esme and Logan. So beautiful couple. Um, they were someone that I'd seen on social media for uh, forever it felt like forever. Um, I loved kind of their portfolio, their work, and I really loved their kind of, I guess, like their color tone that they went with. And I felt like it suited the palette we were going for, for our overall wedding. Um, so, you know, they were one of a few that we had reached out um, and I had a video call with Esme and instantly just clicked, I think. Um, and when you can click with someone, for me, it was really important because, you know, as the photographer, if I can't talk to you, then I don't know how I'm going to pose in front of you um, on the day. And so for me, I'm one where I'm nervous or something, you'll be able to tell in my face first and foremost. And that's the last thing I want on my wedding day. And so they also had kind of offered what we really wanted with videography as well. So um, Logan did the kind of video side of things. And they're a great couple in terms of they just kind of understood without having to say too much, if that makes sense. Um, so it was really nice and easy to talk to them. Um, and they were really flexible around you know, traveling to Waiheke and all of that, because that's a big part of the um, the vendor process was, hey, it's on Waiheke. <laughs> There's an extra element there. Um, so really special to have them kind of as part of our day. And they're kind of a key memory for us because they captured everything that, you know, we may have not seen on the day as well. 
so really important to us so nice and um yeah what you're saying about just clicking with them that's so important and you actually spend so much time with them on your day so you definitely want someone that you feel like you can hang out with for the whole day because you're absolutely (laughs) so can you tell me a bit about your wedding outfits your um dress how did you go finding that and how was that process so for the wedding outfits my husband nice and easy you know men have it so good where they just have to buy a suit um they can literally go the day of like you know the week of the wedding I don't think they realize how good they've got it um so for him it was you know we went to go have a look at suits and stuff like that um and we knew we knew we weren't gonna go you know classic black um my husband is not he's a t-shirt and shorts guy um he doesn't own a suit so the thought at the moment I said you need to buy a suit he's like no I don't I was like no you do (laughs) um it's the one day of your life that you need a suit um so we just went to Barker's um and tried on some things and then realized you know what navy blue looked really nice and his decision was kind of done it was like done in a day for me on the other hand I'd been looking at dresses you know um Trish Peng um, here at Katoa, um, Astra Bite Bridal. But for me, the world was kind of telling me something. And I actually won an Instagram competition uh, for a free consult with Here at Katoa um, and Daisy Bride. So I was like, oh, let's go for this. And so I went in for a first consult and same thing. It was the initial experience with them and my closest friends at the time. I didn't even consider going anywhere else after that. Um, the way they made me feel, I felt included. You know, there was no kind of irksome of like I don't know if your dresses will suit me or if you can cater to me um and so I felt so comfortable and immediately I started talking to them and I actually ended up choosing a dress that I said I never would wear um I know that sounds very cliche but I went in saying I don't want lace and my dress was lace so I actually went with a two-piece outfit so I thought my biggest priority was going to the bathroom And I wanted to be comfortable um, and I wanted to be a bit different. Um, so I went with kind of like a skirt, like a tall skirt, ended up being eight layers of tall, which was insane, um, but a beautiful kind of lace long sleeve top. Um, and it was just, it was that moment, I think, that any bride could probably say is when you try on the dress and you know it's for you, you look in the mirror and you're like, this is me on my wedding day. Um, it was the one outfit and the pieces together that made me feel like a bride. And so, yeah, that was kind of me and my decision process. That's so lovely. It sounds like, yeah, really nice experience. And it's, yeah, funny how many people say they think they have this idea of what kind of thing they're going to suit or like, and then it's often the complete opposite once they try something. That's right. So so did you have a bridal party? And yeah, who was in that? How did that choosing process go? So we actually didn't have a bridal party. um, And kind of the like how we came to that decision was, One, we just had too many mutual friends together that it was just a bit kind of, it was going to be uneven um, and I couldn't have an uneven line. (laughs) Um, And part of that was kind of, you know, we wanted it to be kind of just us. Um, And definitely not, you know, not hiding it is that a cost element came into the, you know, the conversation of the moment you have a bridal party that does add that element of cost to, you know, providing to them and, it, like, it was kind of, you know, minor in the scheme of a wedding, um, but nonetheless, it's that additional cost um, that we didn't really want to then kind of impose on other people. But we also weren't in a position to kind of say, like, if we have to say, you know, cut things out of the wedding planning process, the bridal party was definitely one that we were kind of 
um, that we agreed on and said, look, it's not really us. We don't need, you know, that. But we still had, you know, the flower girl um, and our ring bearer. Um, but we just didn't have, we didn't feel compelled to have a bridal party for us. Um, and we also kind of thought, you know, let's just have them as guests um, because we want, that's the, that was our priority was just having our closest, our nearest and dearest kind of in the crowd to witness the day as opposed to kind of standing up there feeling compelled to keep their back straight the entire time. It's definitely becoming more of a thing, um, yeah, potentially not having a bridal party and I think that's Mm. cool for people to hear that that is an option and it is definitely somewhere that you can save a bit on and you're still going to include all your friends on the day and sometimes it's more enjoyable for them to just be a guest and relax, you know, so... For sure. Yeah, it's a great option to go with. And how about the guest list? How did you find that? Was that difficult to narrow down? How was that process? So I think our kind of first guideline was once we chose Tantalus as our venue um, and kind of chose, you know, the pricing and everything like that, we were kind of capped at 80 packs. So we went for, I think it was the 60 to 80 kind of option. So for, for anything, it was definitely okay, no more than 80. Um, half the time we did kind of forget ourselves when we were counting things. We were like, oh, we also count towards that number. Um, so that was something we always had to like remind ourselves. But for us, we, we both have very small families. So that was a, a few, we don't have to worry about arguments of cousins and extended family. Um, so our family itself, I think we were 12 people of both our families together. So that was nice. And then we have like a lot of mutual friends. So that definitely made it easier in terms of there was no, oh, but I want to invite this person. And we didn't have to worry about, you know, so-and-so not getting along or anything like that, thankfully. Um, So because we shared so many mutual friends, the kind of initial decision of who we were going to invite was quite easy. Um, Quite lucky in that regard. Um, but then it did come to a point where like, oh, if I invite this person, we have to invite that person. And so that was kind of like getting to the 70 mark and it got a little bit kind of cloudy of, do we really want to invite this person? Oh, like if we invite this person, they're attached to five other people because they'll get up, get upset. But for us, we kind of then agreed. And thankfully, um, this whole entire process really kind of consolidated the fact that we we were meant to get married because we could agree on such things. So like agreeing actually who's been really important to us in the immediate last you know two to five years who's really been with us during our relationship those were kind of the requirements we not requirements that sounds awful kind of the what we agreed on meant that they should be at our wedding so it was you know if you've been with us you know for our entire relationship the very least is that you should be there to celebrate our big day so that was kind of how we went about our guest list yeah that's great advice you do kind of have to ask those hard questions Mm. and cap it somewhere otherwise like you say there's all these people that are just connected to each other and it doesn't (laughs) stop so yeah having that 80 limit is good I feel like that's a really nice number that you can still sort of chat to everyone on the day and it's not too overwhelming and definitely a blessing that you had smaller families as well because I know half or more (laughs) of guest lists are often family and so many cousins and stuff so can you tell us a bit about the big day how did it go down and yeah any like highlights or favorite moments So I think every bride would say this, but the day just happens so quick. You know, you spend what feels like your entire life in the lead up to it, planning every little detail for it all just to kind of wake up the next day and be like, oh, I'm married. Um, So the lead up to the wedding was very kind of, 
I think for us, we were busy with logistics more than anything. So because we were on Waiheke, the biggest element for us was how do we get everyone there? And so we had already kind of planned, we had ferry t- t- tickets for everybody, um, we'd organised transport to and from the venue. So that was all sorted for our guests. So that was great. My, my husband's family travelled up from Dunedin. So his family live in Dunedin and Gore. So they'd made the, the, big, the big trip up to Auckland. Um, and then we, once we kind of, I guess on the day, it was, I don't think I was even prepared for how fast it was going to go. I thought I had hours, but I had minutes. Um, so I was, we hosted a pancake breakfast and then all of a sudden we were doing platters for lunch and I was like, where's the morning going? Um, and then I started to get a little bit nervous (laughs) and I was like, this is it. Um, my dress is hanging up, um, and I'm ready, you know, I'm getting ready, um, makeup artists are calling, Zoe dropped off my bouquet, and that really kind of freaked me out a little bit, I was like, I don't think I'm ready to get married, (laughs) my husband wasn't around, because he was running around doing things as well, um, and so I was just kind of, I didn't have my person, and I was really struggling with being able to express to my mum that I wasn't feeling right, but she was like, what are you, what are you freaking out about, but I was like, I just need my husband but he's not here and so I had that little bit of a freak out and then my makeup artist was like don't cry um so I had all these people kind of needing me but I just wanted to kind of shut myself off um I just wanted time alone I think so once I was in my big dress again things were happening so quick and then I turned up to Tantalus and my nephew was standing there just ready to walk down the aisle and I think time stood still for me at the top of the aisle and that was for me a core memory holding my dad's hand um and just being like oh gosh here we go um and I kind of felt like I was about to go down a slide (laughs) walking down the aisle just that exhilaration um and I think just hearing my husband's vows was something that I'll never forget because he's not one I mean he's affectionate he's definitely one who's really good with his words but for some reason reading his vows was just kind of like a wow for me just kind of hearing really how much he like I meant to him and how much he wanted a life together just kind of really just put things into perspective um and I think the rest of the world blurred out um and it was just us and I think the ceremony it was it was beautiful it was more than I could have ever asked for um I wouldn't change a thing and then I think afterwards it was just great to see our guests to be able to talk to our friends and be like thank you so much for being here um and the rest really was just part of the day but the people and our guests were so so important um because without them it would have just been you know another day definitely yeah there's some overwhelming moments in the morning and just that quite a big build-up to yeah that big moment so that's so understandable but it sounds like it was actually perfect in the end everything worked out great and did you find anything hard about the wedding planning process or is there anything you look back on and like regret or would do differently the hardest thing was sticking to a budget (laughs) I think we kid ourselves trying to stick to one um I think the fact that we had a wedding on Waiheke kind of obviously was very kind of you know how can you have a said budget if you're going to Waiheke so um we had a budget but we definitely blew it um but we were honest with ourselves and I would always reach out to him and say hey are we going to be able to afford this on the by the end of the day you know all those invoices creep up on you and that's the reality of a wedding and I don't want you know people to feel the need to kind of meet a budget or oh my friend spent this much we need to spend that much it really is up to the couple and I think you need to be honest with yourself because the last thing you want is to be paying for your wedding after your wedding, I think, if you can, is to avoid 
the aftermath um, because what's the fun in that? Um, so for us, it was, hey, we're about to hit our budget. What do we need to do? Um, but we had so much more that we still need to kind of cover off. So we then knew the final amount and we budgeted per week how much we needed to save and we needed to kind of be honest and, you know, own up to it and be like, hey, look, I can't this week or whatever it be. But for us, as long as we were paying X amount per week, we were going to be able to pay for our wedding. And I think that reassurance throughout, you know, the entire process meant we're okay, we can do this. We're not over our heads because we've budgeted for it. We're saving for what we want. Um, so I think sticking to the budget was definitely hard. Um, but also kind of for me personally, the biggest thing was not having some of my closest friends there. So they were overseas. COVID meant that flights were incredibly expensive. Um, so I had two friends in the UK who to this day, it's so upsetting that they couldn't have been there um, because of COVID and flights. Um, I couldn't have asked them to pay, you know, a ridiculous amount just for one day, but we got them online. So thank goodness for social media and internet. Um, they were able to watch our ceremony online, which was nice to have them there. Um, my husband's best friend also couldn't be there. He lives in Japan. So again, a lot of our international guests couldn't make it. Um, so that was definitely one of the hardest things, not having, you know, our closest friends um, there just simply because they lived in another country. So nothing, I definitely don't think there's anything that I regret or we regret of our day because our day is what we wanted it to be. Um, our vendors turned up, they did exactly what we wanted of them. Um, our guests that could be there were there, you know, so the day, I think, with a wedding in particular, the way that it turns out is exactly how it's supposed to be. So to say that I wanted to change something, maybe, oh, maybe I would have chosen a different colour. I don't know. But for me, I look back and I just feel like everything was the way it was supposed to be. Hindsight, I realised our table numbers weren't there, but um, I didn't even realise on the day. I only noticed when I no kind of thought about it. <laughs> no, and I, I think I noticed like a week later and I was like, wait, where are our table numbers? Um, but I just laughed. I was like, but why did I worry? Doesn't matter because <laughs> not everyone knew what table to go to. So, but it's just little things like that. I just kind of laugh and think, wow, I didn't think about it on the day. So it just goes to show how, you know, minute that detail was. And I'm sure I'm the only one that noticed. <laughs> Nothing major. It's um, definitely been a tough few years with, um, yeah, trying to gather people together. And, yeah, mm. even since, like, borders been open, just flights been astronomical and stuff. So that's tough. And, yeah, live stream is great. But, yeah, you obviously wish they were there in person. And um, going back to that budget piece as well, I think that is so relatable that there's, yeah, a lot of like comparison between friends, especially if you're all kind of mm. in that season where you're getting married and like, how much did you spend? And it's so individual to the couple and every single day is different. So yeah, you can't really go off that or judge each other and um yeah I love that you were really intentional about it and putting aside money every week and yeah you don't want to start your marriage deep in debt that it can't be a good <laughs> foundation so no. yeah ideally avoiding that is great so yeah that was going to be my next question you've kind of covered about budget but yeah if you're happy to share about what you spent even like a ballpark figure and yeah obviously you were saying it was a bit more than you thought um yeah if you're happy to go into that absolutely um so initially you know two three months into our engagement we were kind of like oh 30k 
was decent. Um, and then I got a few quotes from big vendors, you know, a photographer, a florist. And I was like, yeah, 30K is not going to be enough. Um, and so I had that conversation early. And, you know, my partner, his sense of humor, he's like, oh, we'll just grow our flowers. I can make your dress. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. And then he's like, well, all our friends have phones. And I was like, you don't get it. Um, and we were able to laugh through the process. Um, and because we'd made, we, we were making decisions quite early on, we still had time. And so we kind of crept a little bit more. So we started to hit towards the 40K mark. Um, and some for New Zealand weddings, it's quite a lot, um, particularly, I think, because we were only having 80 people. So, you know, not necessarily a large wedding, um, but it was much, I, I still consider it somewhat a destination wedding um, in the scale of like New Zealand, I think, because we, you know, going to Waiheke, um, it's a beautiful place, um, but it's also, you know, they're not the easiest to get to. You can't just get in your car and go there's still the element of oh afterwards do I stay on the island do I go home which means catching a ferry etc and so we were definitely kind of contributing we just I think spent our money on what was really important so we kind of we definitely had help so you know my husband's side of the family contributed and took over our entertainment so that was a weight off our shoulders and then there were elements where so you know we made sure okay photography we don't want to compromise on so because of that a chunk goes there what are we going to cut back on or what can we reduce to then still be able to get our photographers that we want um and you know Tantalus was our dream venue so that was fixed at, at the cost that it was so leading up to it definitely close to the 40k mark um that didn't include my dress um I didn't feel comfortable including my dress and accessories into a budget that my husband had to pay for because it was my choice to spend an extortionate amount. I didn't, didn't want to implicate that on him just because, I don't know, it just didn't sit right with me. And I had my friends say like, oh, just let him pay for it, you know. Um, but I had some friends understand where I, I was coming from. he brought from. the ring, did he? Yeah, he did. He did. And that was funny you say that, actually, because I did, I did mention, I was like, he's really spent so much on me that, I feel like I, you know, I'm just going to treat myself and buy a really expensive dress, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's really impressive, actually. I, yeah, would have expected more than that. And a Waiheke wedding, I know, can add up just with, yeah, all the logistics and getting everyone there. So, yeah, I think you guys were really clever with that. And, yeah, like you said about not having a bridal party or just, yeah, looking at different areas to prioritise where you want to spend. That's great advice. Did you guys go on honeymoon straight away? Did you stick around on Waiheke for a while? And yeah, what did planning that look like? I wish we got to stay on Waiheke a little bit longer. Um, so because we had family that had traveled. So um, my husband's family had to go back to Dunedin. Um, his sister, my sister-in-law, is their dairy farmers. So they needed to get back as soon as possible. Um, so basically Sunday morning, woke up, hungover, um, and but I had to kind of reality hit and I was like I need to get my in-laws back home so we basically had brunch brunch on Waiheke and then very quickly we had our cars so we took the car ferry back to Auckland um and then literally my husband took one van took it to the airport to drop my in-laws off and I took the other van to drop other people off so again it was go 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 um we didn't really have that oh we just got married kind of vibe immediately um it was just more like we've got other things to do and then we kind of just came home unpacked and then we're like okay cool what do we do now so we haven't gone on our honeymoon yet it was just kind of not the time of year or you know it was too soon it was too close to Christmas for us um we were like we need to host Christmas so we're going to stick around um 
So we're actually going away, actually very soon, at the end of next month. Um, we're doing a bit of a trip through Asia. So we're going to South Korea with some of our closest friends, but we're doing Thailand. He needs to go meet some more in-laws. I'm from Thailand, so he needs to meet some more, more family. Um, and we'll actually be in Singapore for our first year anniversary. So really excited. Um, we've got dinner at a Ramsey restaurant booked. So it'll be worth the wait. It took a year, but it'll definitely be worth it, I'm sure. Yeah, sometimes it's good to just delay it too. Yeah, especially depending what time of year you get married, you might already have mm. summer holiday or Christmas plans and stuff. So just, yeah, factoring in when it's going to work for you guys is great to do. And do you feel like you got any like post-wedding blues after the wedding then? Or yeah, did you feel anything like that? I definitely think maybe the planner in me, I definitely struggled with kind of looking around and be like, what do I do with all this stuff? Um, I had accrued all, you know, my emails and invoices and I really enjoyed the whole process. I definitely had moments where I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Um, but also there were moments where I'm like, oh, what do I do now? Because um, that was my purpose for a good 18 months. And so we were also renovating our house at the same time. So it was, I always had that or the wedding. And so once the wedding was gone, it was kind of like, oh, now I've got to dry clean my dress. That's not really fun. Um, it was just very kind of, yeah, it was it was a weird feeling. I don't think, my, my husband was fine. He just went straight back to work and was like, yeah, whatever, I got married last weekend and so forth. But for me, I really kind of sat there and I was a bit of, I was in a bit of a funk, I think just wanting to plan something. Um, thankfully, Christmas wasn't too far away. So my husband's like, just start planning Christmas then if you're that, you know, if you're that desperate to have planned something. And that's exactly what I did. I just shifted my energy into the next event. But yeah, I think wedding is definitely once in a lifetime. I would, the moment that I'd love to live again is when I said yes to the dress. That's, you know, that's definitely something that I don't, don't intend to get married again. Um, but it was just a moment in my life that I just realized, oh, wait, it's never going to happen to me again. Um, and so, you know, it's passed now for me, but it was definitely something that I didn't realize how much I'd spent in terms of my energy. Um, so I was just sitting there kind of like, oh, I guess I'll scroll through Instagram or something instead. So that was definitely a strange feeling for me. Yeah, it's definitely a big shift. Um, yeah, when you've been in that like wedding planning mode for a mm -hmm. decent chunk of time and then just like adjusting back to real life or yeah, yeah whatever you're on to next but that's right it's yeah good advice just pour your energy into planning something else maybe you should be a <laughs> wedding planner you sound like <laughs> got the skills was there any like helpful websites or resources anything that um you found helpful during the wedding planning process I think you mentioned Pinterest which is a always a goodie but yeah anything else in terms of finding vendors and stuff so I think the gift of social media um you know Instagram was something that the moment I got engaged I started just jumping on there um and New Zealand's a small enough country that it helped narrow it down a little bit but also I'm very I'm very grateful for my friends who were married before me so they were you know, the moment I posted that I was engaged they immediately said hey if you need help with this I've got my list from my wedding and you know, it was really helpful, um, but I knew that the part of me was kind of like, I need to do this for me and my husband, and I don't want to be narrowed down to, you know, a short list of friends, and, you know, I appreciate that help, because it definitely gave me insight, um, but it was at the end of the day, it's such a personal choice that a short list wasn't going to get me to what I needed or what suited my husband and I, um, but definitely, I'm old school, so I had a planner, I just had pen, 
paper and a heck of a lot of notes and arrows, um, highlighters and post-its. Um, and we actually created a wedding email for ourselves. So that way it allowed me to kind of not lose any emails, but also not forget my actual personal inbox, the other stuff that was happening in life, like renovations and stuff like that. Um, so that helped me kind of just keep my wedding stuff aside. We also used um, Wedding Wire. So it's just an online website and it really helped with coming down to doing the seating chart. That was an absolute godsend. Um, I'm not an Excel pro, so someone recommended to do an Excel spreadsheet and I said, I can't. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> people are going to end up sitting like in the kitchen if I use that. So we can't have that. Um, so Wedding Wire allowed me, it was completely free. So, you know, there was no strings attached to it. Um, and it allowed me to really work with square tables, long tables, round tables, and really move things around without deleting the entire thing or, you know, and anyone can use it. So if I can use it, anyone can use it. Um, and what I really loved about it was it allowed you to like link family members together. So if you moved one person from that family, you'd move the entire group. So it meant you wouldn't miss anybody. Um, and it also had a very kind of, I don't know, I'm a weird like this, but it had little symbols. So it had like a rattle for a baby. It had like a kind of person silhouette for an adult. So for the caterers, for all tantalists, it allowed them to understand, oh, that's where we need the high chair for the baby at this table. So it helped them too. So it was able, it was really good to be able to kind of use something nice and easy, just drag along the page. Um, so I used that the entire process and printed everything. So that was really helpful for me, for sure. Cool. That's such a good one. Thanks for sharing. I don't think we've heard that before. So that'll be great for people to hear. And yeah, such great organization. Super good tips from you. Um, is there any advice that you would give to couples planning their wedding right now? I think the best advice I could possibly give is just remember that your day is for you and your partner. Um, whether you're the bride and bride or bride and groom and so forth, it's about you too. Um, try not to get, you know, inundated with people's opinions because it can be tricky. It can be easy to just agree to what people, other people want. At the end of the day, the day is about you too. Um, and, you know, when you look at a wedding, it should be reflective of the couple and the love that they share, not a reflection of the guests in the party. Um, it needs to speak to the couple. So for us, that was definitely something that helped us, you know, whether it was a winery and having really good wine. Um, for us, it was, you know, this is this is us uh, as a couple and a wedding day should be exactly that. Um, and just remember, everyone's going to have an opinion. Um, there's a lot out there when you're, you know, searching for your vendors and stuff. But just as long as I think you remember what your reasons are for getting married and who you're getting married to, the rest doesn't matter. Such great advice. I love that. And you've been married a little while now, nearly a year. How's married life now? And yeah, do you have any marriage advice from your almost year of marriage? I wish I could be an expert after almost a year of marriage um, to give advice. But I think for us, we, we lived before, uh, we lived together before getting married. So it wasn't traditional and, you know, moving in together and everything like that after marriage. We live with my parents. Um, so we brought my parents home and we live in the South together. So we got married and kind of just came home. <laughs> um, but I think marriage life for us, it's just, it's just nice to know that, you know, I, I'm still getting used to calling him my husband. I've always called him my partner and I still do. I'm like, oh, you're my husband. Um, and, you know, there's still stuff to do. Like I still need to legally change my name. Um, I still haven't done that. Um, 
it's too much paperwork. <laughs> so we're traveling, so I thought, okay, I'll travel and then come back and sort that stuff later. But I think married life for us is just kind of, you know, almost like ticking off such an awesome thing that we've done together. You know, life is crazy and we've done some crazy, like, you know, we've made crazy memories together. But to say that we got married is just such an awesome thing. Um, but we got married for us. You know, it wasn't to meet like a societal norm or anything. Um, it was definitely to honor my value and, you know, being married before having a family and stuff like that. But I think once we've done our traveling, uh, we'll be in a position to, you know, take that next step together as, you know, husband and wife and start a family. Um, so I'm excited for that for when that comes for us, if we're blessed to be in that position. But yeah, I think married life for us was just kind of, you know, we're married, still getting used to husband and wife. I always ask him to say like, oh, what am I to you? And he's like, you're my partner. I'm like, what am I to you? Just for him to say that I'm his wife, because it's just a nice feeling. But it's, yeah, it's still strange in some ways, because, you know, I see him as my partner, but I'm like, oh yeah, you're my husband. Take a few years to kick in, surely. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. So good. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Is there anything else you wanted to add at the end? I don't think so. I think for anyone who's listening, um, whether they're planning a wedding or maybe they're just trying to help their best friend out, I think just, you know, honour that person, honour the people who are getting married. Um, You can have, you know, perspective, but just remember whose day it is. um, And that's, that's kind of the key thing. It's one day in your life. Don't sweat the small stuff. Like I said, I forgot that the table numbers weren't even there. Um, Anyone that's going to notice things that are missing will only be you, no one else. Your guests aren't going to know what's meant to be there or not. Um, and maybe, you know, it's, it's that one day in your life that you don't want to look back and be like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that because it's all about you. Um, and just, you know, enjoy the day. It should be only once in a lifetime. So, you know, make the most of it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.